Hey guys, welcome to episode nine of the Legends Podcast. I am one half of the Legends Podcast, Ari Levy, with my co-host Sam Mannheimer. We're going to keep it brief today. We got a real awesome interview with Matias Derada, freelance filmmaker. We interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, and we've been sitting on it. And we were trying to think, you know, what the, we thought this interview was so good that we were trying to think, what are we going to do with it? And then we realized just the time is now, like to release it just now and get it out there. We talk a lot about chasing your dreams, stepping outside your comfort zone, and and really just like betting on yourself. And we think there's a lot of useful content in here, and we're gonna just keep it short and, and let you guys enjoy. Yeah, I would echo what Ari said here. Really insightful interview. At one point, um, as you'll as you'll hear, Matthias was sitting on a bunch of good content and he didn't know how and when to release it. And one of his friends just said, "Bro, you gotta gotta drop it. Get get this out to the people." And that's kind of what we're doing now. We were searching for the perfect time, but there isn't a perfect time. The perfect time is now. As a famous Chinese proverb goes, "The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now." We've been excited about this one for a really long time, and we're stoked to bring it to you. Yeah, so without further ado, please give it up for Matias Derrada. All right, we now welcome on a very special guest, content creator, digital nomad, influencer. Can I call you an influencer? Sure. (laughs) Mati, Poppy, Matias Derrada, welcome to the Legends Podcast. It's really, really good to have you on. I'm stoked, bro. I am stoked that you guys are doing a podcast and to be able to be on it. I'd like to think of us as creators on the same level as you, but I think you might be a few steps ahead of us. So It's all mentality first, right? 100%. Well, yeah, we really appreciate you coming on amidst, uh, I guess, the globe trot that you're currently embarked on. Where are you situated currently? So right now I'm in Costa Rica. Uh, I've been here for the past uh, 12 days, and um, yeah, so I'm already here just kind of doing some traveling, a little bit more of a, on the lighter side, uh, getting to know the country is definitely one of the spots that I've been wanting to come to for a while. So yeah, I'm just here traveling with uh, my girlfriend and just enjoying, yeah, just enjoying a road trip around here. You've been all over the place uh, the past year, year and a half, two years since we've graduated from school. I've seen a lot of you down in Latin America. What, uh, what, what exactly have you been doing down there? I know you, you've been filming and creating a lot of awesome videos that we've seen on Instagram. What are you doing right now? Yeah, so, I mean, Latin America has always been on my radar, being that I'm Bolivian and always wanted to, I always felt that Latin America has so many places that are just absolutely stunning and just don't get, I guess, the, as much of a spotlight as, let's say, like the Asian, Asian Asia, such as Bali and places in that nature. So, um, yeah, I've always, when I was just thinking about getting into travel and, and all that sort of jazz, like I was always wanting to go back to Latin America and kind of help put it on the map. So um, this year actually was a big push for me to kind of start the year off um as as um Ari, you were mentioning i went off in and did colombia for about 45 days in january and absolutely loved it and then i sort of stuck around latin america i went from like colombia to brazil and then bolivia and then sort of, i mean obviously stayed there after the whole pandemic but yeah latin america like i said is is just a place that i think has so much to offer and just doesn't get as much attention um, in terms of just a social media travel space, I think like in general it does. I mean, I think tourists do visit the country, 
but it's something that I've always wanted to help push and um, and have people just, I don't know, see the beauty of not only my own country, Bolivia, but the rest of Latin America, because I feel like it's just, it's a hub that's just waiting to pop off, you know, a little bit more infrastructure. And I think it could be a place that a lot of people consider, um, I don't know, moving to for, for, I don't know, for a couple of years or a few months. Absolutely. You know, I actually think I was in Colombia in January as well. Um, oh. Sadly, we did not cross paths. I, I really I wish we did. It would have been amazing to see you. Truly a beautiful place. And and I think South America kind of gets sort of a bad rap because there are parts of it that are dangerous. There's also parts of places all around the world that are dangerous. So that's not a reason not to travel there. But it truly is a remarkable place. And it's just like pretty incredible that you've been able to travel and, and show it to people through your films. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I, I would say that in any place in Latin America, it's always going to help if you speak Spanish. But I think yeah. with here, it's getting... I don't know, just a, a more of a more accepting for anybody to just sort of go there. And I mean, Colombia is a great example of Medellin turning into this sort of cat, like very diverse city. I've yeah. been there actually more than more than once. I'm sure Ari, like you would you, you could speak on that, too. But like it, it just being in that city, I see people from all over the world and I just see Colombia in general becoming, I don't know, places that are opening up for that sort of like tourism and accepting that. And I think that's why it's growing in that sense. So um, I, I definitely think more countries are going to follow suit. And then, and it would be great, man, for people in Latin America to sort of just, I don't know, grow in, it, in its own, you know, it's, that region sort of to expand and then people will be able to explore it properly. Cause you can go to Machu Picchu, you can go to all those places, but there's so many other spots within, I don't know, in just in Bolivia, for example, in, in Chile and in Ecuador, and that they're just so undiscovered. And, and yeah, I think in the sense of travel for me in particular, it's very interesting to sort of explore those destinations and not just the, the Bali's and, uh, you know, the, the Paris of the world, but also those places that don't get as much attention, but then hopefully soon in the future will. So, Matias, is the bulk of your work, would you say, geared towards driving tourism to the areas that you visit? Uh, I think it's diverse. I mean, I think the, the, the beauty of the, the job that I sort of took on has primarily when I was working for a company, which we can talk about a little bit later, was definitely to make films that promote that destination. So I would say that a lot of uh, the bulk of my work, I guess my mindset when filming has been that, but I think the jobs that I have taken on in the freelance space and also a little bit prior to that were also a little bit related to travel um, have always been like, I guess in, in, in a way to complement the destination, but also to, to tell a story about whether it's a business, whether it's, uh, I don't know, anything of that nature, but it does kind of like dip in and out, you know, it's not only to promote tourism because then again, it's always hard to say like what exactly will promote the destination best. You know, I think just like uh, one of the things that I will say is that video content in general has just grown in demand. And with all these social media platforms, it's become such a hub to like make even just commercials in platforms such as Instagram and stuff like that. So uh, I, I guess businesses now are just looking for that sort of content. Um, and I'm able to provide that service almost like a, production company you know so it's not necessarily always to promote the destination sometimes it's just utilizing the destination because it's beautiful but then telling a story for a brand got it so i actually did just see your video that you did for corona and yeah. i mean i don't want to fanboy too much but that was really really cool did you shoot all of cool. that video appreciate that man um 
Yeah, so I shot that along with one of my one of my good friends from uh, Mexico, actually. So I went there with him and I shot the whole campaign. And it was, it, it, I mean, I I will say that in the beginning I would shoot all everything by myself, but then now when I take on more of these like director roles and um, you sort of are playing multiple roles in these uh, sort of I don't know like as a digital nomad, I'm I'm not able to travel with a production team per se. So a lot of the times I'm producing, I'm directing, I'm filming and editing. So that project, I was I had one other friend helping me who's a filmmaker from Mexico, and uh, and it was me. And so sometimes I was shooting, sometimes he was shooting, and I was more so directing every shot, so looking over the shots and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I I would say that I would say 50-50. It's sometimes me shooting everything, like literally everything, and then sometimes I have help of uh, either a friend or sometimes it's just a person collabing for the first time where I get to shoot with that person. So you're kind of like the Jackie Moon of filmmaking and <laughs> that you're the, the player, the coach and the general manager. Yeah, man. I like, I, like I said, like the company I used to work for is I get, it was like a boot camp for me. And that sort of taught me all in all, that was essentially like their, I guess their business structure was that sort of uh, send a couple people there and have them sort of figure it out. A lot of the missing pieces, we had just had to put them together. So we had to put on different hats and, and just make it work, you know, make, make the situation happen. But I think it was just that enthusiasm of like being in a new destination and stuff like that, that you didn't really find it as a burden and you just had, sort of did it, you know, which helped me a lot now um, just doing it on my own, being able to, you know, have those different skill sets. But um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely sometimes that sometimes it goes a little bit stressful, but when you get to, I mean, I'm very passionate about what I do, so I can't complain. So I remember, you know, back in school when we were in the fraternity, you were you were filming a lot of parties and you you were doing a lot of EDM. Where, like, when did you really start getting into film and when did you know that it was going to be your career path? And can you might want to talk about kind of like where you started and where you got to now? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think if it wasn't for... AE Pi and the whole like philanthropy segment in that sense of back in college, like I wouldn't have maybe have just like gotten my feet wet into filmmaking. I think back in high school, like it was always just a hobby for just filming dance videos and just doing like, I don't know, just fun things because I always liked that whole creative side of filmmaking. But um, yeah, when I got to Indiana, I think that the first job I ever got was thanks to obviously got to shout out my boy, Jose Furman uh my brother <laughs> but uh he gave me sort of that one opportunity to shoot a philanthropy video for the hockey team and obviously Cody obviously was like helping me get that opportunity as well but uh yeah man I think that after that video I sort of just like realized at least in Indiana at the time there wasn't as much competition and that sort of allowed me to even look at it as like less of a a, a thing to be scared of and just more of like, well, no one's doing it. So everything, anything I do would be better than not doing it. So it sort of allowed me to get into more of like, I don't know, parties and then doing philanthropies and that. And then when I sort of did that, it was more honestly for me seeing it as a business as like, okay, well, I can make a couple, I don't know, some side, some side money here to use in college for, for the bars and stuff like that. Like it wasn't really anything too serious because I was doing Kelly School of Business in the marketing side and entrepreneurship major to sort of like work for a company. And then I think when I started doing more of like the recruitment side of things, like for sorority and stuff like that, 
I just sort of decided why not in college have just like a business that then maybe I have a little bit of money to, that I can invest in whatever I choose to do in the future. Like if I don't want to, if I want to take almost like a leap here once I graduate and not just have a job, maybe I can travel. Maybe I, it was just a lot of like, what if, what if, what if scenarios, but nothing very concrete. But that was the sort of like that start. And then as soon as I graduated, I think it was just, I think it was like three months before graduating. I sort of decided like, I'm going to try to take it seriously, but I had no idea where to go. It was just sort of like, if anything comes up from like a sorority gig or whatever, I'll just say yes to it. And then sort of like move along my journey, you know, through filmmaking there. But I was just saying yes to anything. I remember when you were making those videos initially, yeah, you did a couple for sororities, but then I think a couple got picked up by TFM, which at the time yeah. in college was a pretty big platform. So that was really cool to see you kind of taking that ascension, I guess, within that industry. You know, it's crazy. It was that I remember when I did that whole sorority job for uh, for Kayo and that one got picked up as like the best sorority video of the year or something like that. And after that, like, I got so I got a bunch of calls from like different sororities, a lot of obviously in the Big Ten, but uh, a little bit in Florida and stuff like that. And when I started doing that, I I legitimately considered I was like, oh, wow, I remember doing the numbers. I was like, oh, if I do these many sorority videos a year, like I can make like a $50,000 salary, like maybe I can do this actually and not have to just get a job. And it was like something I definitely took into consideration. And I started doing like I remember I did a sorority video in Penn State and then I started moving along. And then I started realizing that it just wasn't what I, what I wanted to do. But I definitely think that just that start of just seeing like the, I guess the potential of just making a video and then having it, you know, get reach like outside of that circle of like Indiana is what got me excited about like, wow, this actually can be done by just like anybody. Cause I wasn't any, you know, anything special or anything. I was just trying, I was just like taking a stab at these videos. So it was definitely, I think, more of like a yeah motivation for me to kind of continue on and doing it. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, um, spending the rest of your life filming girls screaming to come into their house doesn't really seem like a <laughs> life that you might want to go down. But it helped you get your start. And the travel videos are definitely much more enjoyable. For sure, 100%. <laughs> so you shot the sorority videos in college and then I guess what was your first job out of school where, where I guess where'd you get your start professionally yeah so my first job was actually because of of Kai Omega um some someone watched the, the video from Indiana and was getting married and so they were like oh can you shoot my wedding and so I, it was in this like the summer right before summer was about to start so I stayed there did the wedding in Indiana and then use that money to sort of travel to to Europe and did like a Euro trip. And so that was my first job was a wedding. And then right after that job of a wedding, it was like a summer camp actually. Um, and a summer camp was just like an all boys uh, sleepaway camp. And so it was essentially me doing the wedding, doing my Euro trip, and then you doing this camp job. Uh, and the camp job was just sort of like doing like a recap video every week. Um, of like these kids doing what they're doing so the parents could see kind of like a, what the kids are up to and it was very new at the time so it was just sort of like there's no example of it so it was just I was it was very fun it was almost like a creative expression for me to kind of just do what I wanted to do and that was like my first job job outside of like partying and stuff and then after that after that job I went back to LA and I sort of fell back into the whole EDM party life. I, I did one job, I remember, in Cabo 
Um, it was like a spring break movie. And that whole month, man, was like insane. I think that was like a huge turning point for me because I was so used to the whole, you know, going to the EDM. Um, and you obviously have like, you know, you're, you're out with the artist, you're enjoying a couple of drinks, you're shooting. It's a whole, it's a, it's a nightlife. It's a night vibe, you know, like my, almost like the party scene became sort of my, my work scene and it meshed together and I enjoyed it for a, for a large, I don't know, like large part, like almost like a year, six months to a year. But when I did Cabo and I did a month of that and every week was like a new wave of students and that energy was at a hundred and, you know, and like. Uh, you're out and you're drinking and you're doing all this sort of stuff like for me it was at that point I remember like man I was like I would I would drink and then I would like wake up and I'd have to shoot and and I just felt so unhealthy I truly like felt so 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 unhealthy and for a for I don't know for a while I was like man this is the life this is the epic I could get to party I get to shoot I make money I'm doing a little bit of travel now I'm in Cabo maybe I'll do more jobs with this company at that point it was this company called Just College which I'm very thankful for because they gave me definitely an opportunity to open my eyes up to travel for sure. But yeah, like once I did that experience, I think like a month I came back home and like, I was just like almost like hibernating for three months. I didn't want to do anything in terms of like nightlife, DJ stuff and all that sort of stuff. And I just, that's when I started really looking outside and being like, obviously travel has always been like a big thing for me. And I, I was I looked into this company, Beautiful Destinations. I knew of them before graduating and all this stuff. And I just I started sort of, I don't know, trying to manifest me working for them. What can I potentially do? And but I and I decided to take a like a complete stop with the whole nightlife and partying because I just felt like that just wasn't it just I just stopped liking it, you know. It's only so sustainable for so long, especially if you do four straight weeks of spring break with a fresh yeah. wave of new kids coming in every week. Like, I mean, that is, it makes sense that that's what like pushed you to your limits of like filming parties. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was definitely like the last try. I, I, I genuinely can say like after that, I was, I was done with that. And I sort of started kind of like aligning my goals in a different direction. Um, not sort of like high, like, I don't know, like putting a spotlight into the whole like party life. And then that's, that, that's what led me to sort of like thinking more into like, what could I do? How, where do I need to grow to be able to create different type of content that is more attractive, like attractive to clients that would be interested in, in just normal travel content, you know, like in the sense of like not nightlife, but more in the daytime for like brands and stuff like that. And that's sort of a little bit where I, where I sort of shifted. And that was a year after graduating so that was like maybe like I would graduated in May June and then that was like I think in June or something of next year July August was where I started doing different type of content so when you went to beautiful destinations was that a role that already existed at that company or did you approach them with the idea of kind of creating the role that you would fill no so in 2016 is when the company started creating video content for the first time and they started crushing it so I want to say like it was only a fairly like a year like that that sort of position like existed. But when I came into the company, I came in as an intern more for my business side, to be honest, like I came in to do presentations. They sort of wanted to do like the new level of, of like presentation. So they wanted to do like video presentations and that sort of stuff. And so they wanted me to come in with the video experience that I had and sort of like create these business pitches. And so I obviously took whatever they wanted to give me at the time um, and, and did that. But the position to be a content creator did exist, except the at the time there was only like 
uh, five kids who were doing it. And I mean, the company was like 11 people when I joined. So it was definitely like a small uh, startup at the time, but they, yeah, there's definitely five and then, but that position did exist. Gotcha. So did you start traveling then for beautiful destinations or were you kind of more located in one area doing the businessy presentation side of things? Yeah. When, so when I was, uh, when I was an intern there, uh, I started in September and I was an intern. They gave me like an internship for three months and I was just an editor. So essentially all I was doing was uh, doing these business pitches and then also utilizing the things that I could do, like edits and stuff like selects, which is essentially taking the best clips from a whole, I don't know, thousand clips and then selecting like the best, the best clips to use for the video. So I was doing that and I, I took on the position as an editor for three months and, um, it was it was not only it was after those three months that they finally offered me like a full time position and then a full time position as an editor and then it was only like after one trip where it just I had I got lucky that one person dropped out I I was able to fill that spot and having what I, I don't know like taking everything that I learned those three months from all the guys that were obviously creating the content and already were content creators. Uh, I learned enough to edit a video to their liking, but also like I needed to prove that I could film to that caliber, you know, so that was, oh, I would say after those three months of internship, I uh, maybe like the fourth month, I got an opportunity to travel to Alberta, Canada, and I made a video like for my own clips. So I was also just, I was just a third shooter, like just trying to help them wherever they needed help. Um, and I had to just make videos, for, I don't know, for the for the for Visit Alberta, I think it was called, the company. And I made the videos that, that I needed to make. And then I also posted a video, which is actually on my Instagram. And then uh, that video was everything filmed from my camera, you know? So I didn't have like the best lenses and whatever, but I used what I have, what I had. And then I made a video and I posted it without even like telling anybody. I just wanted to show like the bot, I don't know, like my, my boss and my co-workers at the time like these content creators that I had that I had learned a few things and that I could shoot and then after posting that video they were like oh wow this is actually pretty good like from you doing these sorority videos and these party videos like this is actually travel related this is cool uh and then that that led me to getting another opportunity to sort of just take on these assistant uh videographer roles where I was just helping shoot the lead content creators and then, yeah, slowly from there, then I became sort of one of like the the go-to guys to go travel and make the content and then sort of do everything, you know, like the whole 360 film, shoot and edit and, and do photos as well. So from my understanding, post Beautiful Destinations, you decided to branch off and start your own. Uh, you're, you're kind of a, you're a freelancer now and you're, mm -hmm. and, and you're doing different jobs. What was that like kind of taking that risk, being like, all right, I'm going to leave the you know, comfort of like a, a paying job to just do it on my own. Bro, I will say hands down the hardest decision I had to make. Cause like, you have to keep in mind, like for me, Beautiful Destinations was literally my dream job. Like I felt like if I didn't work for Beautiful Destinations, I'd be unhappy like at any job. So me, like, I just like, I, I my, my tunnel vision was on that company. So when I was working for the company, like it, it's like the craziest thing is once you, once you, learn something or I don't know, do something for the first time. Like you're obviously like your opportunities open up and you, you learn new information that you previously didn't even think of or could fathom. And so 
speaking on like the business side of things, I just felt like it was, it was more lucrative to be a freelancer in this, not in the sense, not only from the, a money standpoint per se, like, cause sometimes it can, sometimes it doesn't, but more from a freedom standpoint where I could choose to do certain things like travel right now to Costa Rica and just be, you know, just enjoying the country and not having to have a, a strict schedule, like a nine to five. So that decision took me months. I would say like probably like six to seven months to actually like pull the trigger and it was fear. It was fear of like not knowing what I would, if I could succeed. And obviously coming from beautiful destinations, it's one of the, the top companies, one of the top creative agencies for creating travel content. So I, I didn't know. It's not like I left with a whole like contact list that I could, you know, like just connect with. Cause I was, I was not, I was never in the business side of things. I didn't know who was talked to. I just was the person sent to shoot the job. So I left with like empty hands, like just starting again from scratch and just sort of like, obviously like with a lot of it, I think with a bunch of skills to create premium content, but it was scary. So it took me months to start finally decide, like, I really want to just go. And it was the decision to go and choose and chase that sort of like freedom, that dream of like, I, I don't want to say like going to not never work again. Like I, I wanted to work like beautiful destinations, creating travel content, traveling the world like that. The, the opportunity that was presented with the job was incredible. The only thing I was chasing other than that job was just the ability to have the freedom to sort of take like a month off, two months off and not sort of be in this rat race of working and working and working, you know? And, and I, I, and I love that the, the aspect of creating content, like a, I love it. I, I, I genuinely, genuinely love creating travel content. So I just wanted to like do it in my own pace, you know, in my own rhythm. And, and that's what sort of like led me to finally being like, okay, let me just try it. Like, let me just do it because I, I just can't stop thinking about it. So you leave beautiful destinations and I think along with beautiful destination, also kind of a infrastructure of marketing kind of to these businesses that would then hire you. How did you, as a freelancer, then acquire work? Did you send your portfolio to places? Did places reach out to you? How did you market yourself when you were kind of off on your own for the first time? Yeah. So when I went, when I was off on my own, I, the first thing I did was like, I just wanted to get a couple, like a cushion. I just was like, okay, let me get like a month or like two months of like savings. Right. So I had that, but I obviously, obviously was going to invest that because I was at the time, they quit me using the equipment from the company. So I had my own, but not enough to like, I don't know, like I wanted to invest in myself. So I, I wanted to get a new computer and that sort of stuff. I'm going to be a digital nomad and work from a laptop. So I just essentially thought, okay, let me get a cushion of like three months and then um, just to have some time to think. So I took a job actually at the camp that I used to work for years back, um, just a summer gig there. So when I left Beautiful Destinations, it was like around June and that was when the camp actually started. So I just, it was, it worked out perfectly where I got to leave. And then I had no clue. Like I, I was like scared to be honest to just like, what, what, what the, how the hell do I do this? What was the first step? Where's the first email? Is it a tourism job? Is it a this? And so I didn't know. And so I, I like took I, I 40, it was essentially supposed to be 30 days, but I took 45 days off social media just because all I wanted to do was like do the camp job. And then in my, like after finishing the, I don't know, the work there, just sit with a pen, pen and paper and just be like, okay, do I need to fix my website? Like all these like small to-do lists, you know, like just take baby steps towards like getting to myself in a position where if I'm presented with an opportunity, I can capitalize on it. And it was 
30 days off of just sort of like thinking, I don't know, fixing websites, like working on, on, on pitches on like templates and, but not sending any, to be honest, like nothing. And I just got very lucky that beautiful destinations, obviously I left the company in a very good note. I I'm, I'm still actually literally in two days going to Dubai to work on a campaign with them. So it's, I definitely left on a very good note and they offered me a, a director job for a commercial in Jamaica that was going to air in the Super Bowl. And so I was able to like to take on the director role for that as a freelancer this time and sort of jumpstart myself. And then right after that, like I got a job, um, just someone reached out from like a video that I posted like months ago about uh, Saudi Arabia. And they were working on like a trailer there for a new YouTube show that they wanted to try to sell. And so it was an LA company and I had to pitch them something like a, like a deck. And then I did it, I did it sort of like a director's treatment is what they call it. And I sort of got that opportunity. And with those two under my belt, I, I, I don't know, I don't know how else to say it other than like law of attraction and like what I was doing my time off social media and just trying to, I don't know, like get my head around this of like, what, it, what should I do? What shouldn't I do? Okay. If this opportunity presents itself, like how should I, uh, like, I don't know. What should I, which video should I show first? Should I work on the reel and show this sort of, like, I don't know, a bunch of questions of just like inner work of like, what do I want to present to, to anybody that thinks of hiring me? And when I got, when I got those opportunities, it's sort of like one after the other just started coming, you know? And I want to say that like the, the thing I guess that marketed me and got me those jobs was that I was posting videos. I was posting content. I was always trying to find an opportunity that I, what I always tell people is like, I view Instagram as like the LinkedIn on steroids for creatives. Right. And so every day that I can post a picture, every day that I can post a video, like I just took it off my head of like, just never think of this whole thing as like, stop flexing stop this. Like all those are words that are just negative in my opinion. Right. And I thought like every time I post on Instagram, it's my opportunity as a creative to sort of have a commercial and a knock on the door at anybody that decides to log on that day, because I know how content is consumed, right? Like you're in a train, you're in your car, you're like talking to friends, you're at dinner, looking at your phone. Like there's just so many ways that you can consume content. So I never put an importance to like the day I posted, the time I posted, like, sure, there were considerations, but I was just like, if I just keep pushing myself, like putting myself out there, someone and something is going to be connected and then they're going to maybe think of me for work. But I also presented my Instagram profile as a professional, I don't know, creative. And that was how I marketed myself. And I think to this day is how I'm getting work. Like right now in Costa Rica, I had no intentions of going to Dubai, but I was very active on social media. And I know nowadays, for example, thanks to the business and everything, I have contacts that follow me per se, like producers and I don't know, people in agencies and things like that. And so they're looking at my content. And so if I'm being creative, I'm being innovative, if I'm just being active, I don't know, it just shows, I think people just think like, okay, well, this kid's willing to to do work on his own. Let's, they, they at least consider me, you know? And so that's, has been a huge, huge driver of how I personally market myself as a freelancer nowadays uh, is just posting work. Like, and I did it beforehand without just like wanting to do it, you know, just like, let me just post this video. Let me just do this. And slow and slowly but surely, jobs present itself. Like conversations start. The law of attraction is a very, very real thing. Um, for those of the viewers out there that don't know, long story short, 
Um, it's essentially just believing in yourself and speaking it into existence and just like putting the energy out there to make what you want to happen happen. And it sounds like it happened for you. You you wanted to do this freelance. You wanted to bring in business and you're like, I'm going to keep posting content. I'm going to keep believing in myself. And it doesn't matter what, you know, I might not, not get as many views or likes on this post, but I'll get it back on the next post. And I'm just going to keep doing this and I'm going to keep betting on myself. And you were probably telling yourself this the entire time it was going to work out. And it seems like it's worked out for you. Yeah, man, I think, I think it's huge. I also think it's also the, the fact of like, owning like owning the position like i think uh will smith says something that i love and i live by it like like all i think like ever since like college i've lived by this but it's like you walk every day as if you're deserving of what you're going to get you know and so you you dream of these things and then once they come to you it's not like you're scared of them i think a lot of people like fail because of that like they they get scared of the success or or, or the small wins and they sort of downplay their potential and so I think like one of the things like you could talk about this law of attraction and things. And one of the things I'm personally passionate about is like motivating people, like utilizing what I'm doing to improve the lives of others, which why I love coming on this podcast and the fact that you guys are taking this in initiative being that I couldn't, you know, I couldn't take this jump right now to start a podcast and you guys can. So I obviously like congratulate you both for doing it. But I Thank think you. like, no, of course. And, but I think like it's, it's such a huge thing that people also don't take into account. Like you can motivate someone, you can tell someone like you can do this, you can do that. And then they get like one win under their belt. And then like they don't, now they get scared of like the, the spotlight per se, right? Like they like, oh, now I don't know what to do because I have to one up my previous one. And I have, it's like, dude, no one, like, it, it's like, I always, I always have these mindset of like an artist. I don't know if it can help anybody like going through this or like trying to take an entrepreneurial jump, but I've always been passionate about rap, hip hop, Latin music. And I, oh, I just always think of like artists because I think they're a very interesting type of like, it's an interesting career in the sense that you look at an artist and you look at an artist like Drake, something, someone like an artist that I definitely like look up to, admire, respect. And he has a bunch of songs that are just hits, like global, global hits, right? Like def definitely because of these songs, he's now in this spotlight as like a global, one of the best artists of our generation and, and whatnot. But you can't deny that he's come out with songs that haven't been like insanely viral or like crazy yeah. successful. And I, and I think now, and now you take like someone that's not like Drake, like, I think like an upcoming person that I love and, and respect as well is Russ and his approach to releasing constant music and stuff. And it's not every single song is not perfect. It's not amazing, but he's putting himself out there. And I think that's what people like get scared of. They think that every at bat has to be like a home run. Otherwise, like they're so far behind or so late in the game that they won't actually make it. And it, it's so, it's not true. It's like, I think one part is the whole mentality of like, like you were talking about Ari, like I, I want this, I'm going to track this no matter what, I'm going to keep trying. But then once you're starting to get a few small wins, like use that as confidence, use that as like, I don't know, like pump yourself up. Like I, I would look at my, myself in the mirror and like, I, I get my 500 views and I'd be like, you're the shit dog. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, let's go. Like that's, that's the, I don't know. And that's like, that's what I celebrated. I celebrated my small wins because it was something, you know? And I think, uh, with that came like, I don't know, almost the acceptance of like when good things happen, 
it's because you're working for them and it's just almost like a reminder like okay we'll keep going like don't don't get satisfied with this don't 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 just like use this as a one-hit wonder you know yeah Yeah. i think that is a interesting kind of comparison you draw to artists because the thing that i always find with these up-and-coming artists generally is that you can create a song that's a hit so like yeah. take Lil Nas X, for example, like he has the biggest yeah. hit in the, in the world. How do you follow that up? Especially yeah. if you're somebody like in his situation, especially he didn't ever plan on attaining that success. Mm-hmm. It was something that he created. And then months after he released the song, then it became a hit. But now he has all this pressure on himself to one up it. And I think that's got to be the hardest thing when you're creative. It's you have something under your belt, but how do you exceed it? It happens to me like I, I'll even say like the craziest thing, though, that I would tell anybody is like you take on a job. Right. And like, let's say like I've had jobs, I've had videos I've done where I don't know how I pull it off. Like it's it's those like crazy things, the inspiration, flow state, whatever you want to call it. And they just happen and you just edit something that you're like, how the hell did that come out of my my mind? You know, like in this sense, like I had no idea the video was going to go here. And then people are just raving about it. And you're just like, whoa, I was, that was luck. Like that was essentially a lot of luck because I was in a good place. I don't know, whatever, whatever you want to say, but like I've had those moments and then I've, I posted other videos and I've been scared of them. Like, ah, this is just not the level people are going to think like that was just luck actually. And like that or not. And it scares you. And then what I've realized as a freelancer, because at beautiful destinations, it wasn't that right. Like, I could create a a great video and I was still going to get more work, even if it, the next video was like shitty, but I was just like, I had to work so much that it, I just obviously couldn't produce high quality content all the time. But when I was a freelancer, I just had to pump it out because it was all I got. And so um, maybe because of certain factors, I couldn't produce the best video, but then those like the smallest videos would get me like another job. And like before I would think, oh, that, that's just not going to get me work. I'm not going to post it. I'm not going to do it. And then I'd get surprised myself. I'd be like, whoa, how is this video getting me work? How is this iPhone video? Like, I kid you not, I posted an iPhone shot with like just a stabilizer for an iPhone, which is called an Osmo Mobile, like one shot. The video went viral uh, as of like a few months ago. And it was like a video from Jamaica. It was like a one day shoot shooting at noon, like the worst light, like think about conditions. Like, just like, this is, I was just kind of like, dude, this is just a funny video, whatever. I just want to post it. And then it's just gotten me jobs. And it just always is like a slap in the face in the best way of like, stop putting so much pressure on what you put out and just know that like, not everything has to be insanely perfect. And I think it's really a phenomenon. Just so many people are afraid to just try. And yeah. it's either they're afraid of the success or they're afraid of the failure. And, you know, when me and Sam started the pot, when we thought about starting the podcast, I remember like we talked about it. And then the next day I was like, do I, do I like, do I really want to go through with it? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I like, it's a good idea, but like, I don't know. Do I like want to put myself out there? I was like, fuck it. No, like I, you have to try. If there's something that you really care about or you, you're really passionate about, you got to try it because you don't want to be 75 years old sitting in a retirement home being like, damn, I really should have just, just yeah. tried and seen what happens. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly, man. I love that mentality. It, it's so important. It's such a phenomenon too. Just so many people are afraid to try. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's it, that's that's the thing. Like, it's like the fear of success, and it gets it holds people back. But then also, it's like the fear of not knowing your. It's like I think the fear comes from not knowing yourself. I think one of the other things that I push for a lot in college, and I have voice memos, I have things which I, I'm personally very proud of in the sense that like I wasn't afraid to to learn about myself in the sense of like I didn't. I was a very independent person. I can spend time by myself, and that self awareness helps so much when you make decisions because the one thing that like how does fear how does fear like happen like what is the result like wh why is fear an element in i don't know like the the decision making like why does it be what is come into play and right and it's because you don't know yourself because when you know yourself like when you know you hate chocolate you're every time you're presented chocolate you're just gonna say no and so every time you're presented something that you know you don't want to do, you're just going to say no. And you're going to say yes to the things that you do want. But when you don't know what you want, when you don't know, like, what direction you should go, it's just because you're being led by your, like, influences of friends, radio, whatever, whatever the media is, right? Like, consumerism in general, like, what they feed you. And it's because you don't take your time to self-evaluate like yourself. Like, how do, how, why am I doing these sort of things? Like, why am I hanging with these sort of people? what sort of why am i cons consuming this sort of content and then and then also like but the same token like i also think people go to the extreme like these i don't know motivational speakers and things like that like oh you have to grind and all which i get but at the same time like you i i am big believer that if you love i don't know shooting the shit about baseball or whatever it is like it could be a career you just simply don't go on google and literally search how do people make money talking about baseball like just that, like just questions on Google, you know, and I, I spent a lot of my time in college. And then after, after college was just Googling things like how do people make money traveling? How much money do you make as a travel blogger? Uh, how many blogs do you have to post a day to make money? Can you charge $3,000 for a video? Why do, what do you have to present? Like what sort of job packages? And then sometimes you don't find those answers and then, but you're asking those questions and so then when you're presented, I don't know, I would be presented with a person by chance, by luck, because you're attracting that sort of energy. Like I'm, a, I believe in that and you would be presented with that and then you would know what questions to ask. And then you get these answers. And a lot of people don't even know what questions to ask because they haven't taken the time to evaluate themselves, you know? Yeah. What I really respect about you and what you did is I think you kind of bucked the trend of just this idea that you have to get a job out of college that's going to be stable and it's going to pay your 401k and health insurance yeah. and stuff like that like you can go beyond that and attain way more success but i think everyone i mean especially just in the college environment like you just get conditioned that this is the outcome that's going to happen logically and for most people it will but i don't know that that's everyone's dream necessarily so i guess to that end how did you realize that you didn't want to go down that path and how did you kind of build up the courage to kind of deny that normal route and, and go on your own path no that's a great question actually it's something i think about all the time you know because i think i think from school like you said sam which is honestly like spot on bro they condition you like they condition you to be this sort of person and be this sort of employee and that every, everything right and then and one of the things that I always used to get, like, not, I don't want to say anxiety, but just, I guess just not, I don't know. I just, I would just doubt. I just, a little bit of doubt is 
I would, I would be like, okay, this 401k and then this sort of, and then you just like plan all these elements of like something that has yet to happen. Like it just, that hasn't happened. Like you're, 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 you're barely getting a job and you're thinking about like, well, this job is going to give me, like, it's going to check off everything of this list, like this huge list. And then you're like, dude, like, I don't like, it's so much to think about that. It like gives you a little bit of, it creates some doubt. And then you're sort of like, oh my God, you get on so much, a little bit of anxiety man, I can't plan that. Like might as well just go by this route and just like take it step by step. And you just get like scared of it. Right. And then for me, it was like, well, I'm also scared of like dreaming big. It's, it's the same thing. It's just because someone's presenting this information that I'm pr prioritizing that just because it's being like thrown at my face, like 401k, good job, retirement plan. Like, but no one's talking about what what do you aspire to be? What what were you always interested as a kid? Like what what things could you would you want to do if you had if you didn't have to choose a nine to five? And so I'm like leaning more towards this and forgetting a little bit of that. And I will be the first to say like I'm not afraid to admit it. Like I'm 27 years old. I have no I'm not I'm not I'm not once thinking about my retirement plan, my things like that. And I know they're important. And so. People could look at my life from the internet and be like, whoa, this kid's living life. And there's so many things that I'm not maybe doing right. But the one thing that I am doing, I think was the most important that is slowly going to take you because everyone has their own path. Everyone has their own journey is like, I learned what things I wanted, what things I didn't. And then I'm also just, I'm a hundred percent always, always, always trying to learn. Like I'm never at a point where I get comfortable with one type of video and I'm just like, that's the type of video I make. Like an opportunity presents itself to do something new and I'll step into it. Even if I fail, like, I, I, I can't tell you the amount of times I've made videos for clients and I've had to do like 20 revisions because they're just like, this is not what we want. And sure, you look at the internet, you're like, oh, this kid crushes everything he does uh, or like well, the videos he does. Like, oh my God, that was like what you guys saw in Mexico. Like previously before that what i was doing in colombia that took a bunch of revisions to sort of get a video to a caliber that the client was happy with and so and that was me stepping into something i wasn't really comfortable with at the time and so i think like it's it's that doubt that i just started to stop paying attention to and i was like okay like everyone's going to think about 401k like but why is it so important is because everyone talks about it so why not just focus a little bit of my a little bit more time on things that I've always just been wanting, I don't know, curious about, and then just put my attention there, but always have at least, I don't know, maybe helps with the Kelly School of Business, but have a business mind to it. Like, I don't, I don't just do things for the sake of doing it. Like I have a business tactic of like, well, is this crushing on Instagram? Is this type of video working? Like, I'm not just like shooting the shit, you know? So I read a really good book called The Compound Effect by, uh, Darren Hardy and uh -huh. essentially the whole gist of the book is small changes result in bigger changes over time and I think for anyone out there that you know wants to change careers or they're like you know I want to start my business but I'm not sure how like nobody figures it out in one day nobody figures out in one night and like kind of what you're saying is like you took all these steps you know whether it's going to work at the summer camp and getting off social media. I mean, like I'm going to take 30 days to, to really think about this and not try and be influenced by anything else. Mm -hmm. it, it is the compound effect. It is these small changes over time that will add up to big changes to get the result you want down the road. And yeah. it seems like that's something that you've really demonstrated. 
like I would love to ask you guys like what led you guys to wanting to like sort of like build a podcast like what inspired you like and then what how, how did you guys take that jump we were really just sitting around one day and um, two of our friends brought it up and Ari and I just sort of looked at each other and we're like this is a good idea and I think kind of what <laughs> no I mean for real though it's it's from a business standpoint you got to look for market inefficiencies and for us and our friend group like no one's really doing this so yeah. why not have both Ari and me be the ones to take this foray into us interviewing our friends I have other friends that have podcasts and they're focused in different directions and I, I applaud all them but they're doing kind of a different thing than what we're doing and mm -hmm. we realized we had this network available to us people like you and, and other entrepreneurs and, and kids who are kind of crushing it in general that we want to talk to and it's a beneficial for us because I we both enjoy doing this at this point and yeah but B, no one else is really doing it. And when there's something that's kind of untapped, you don't really know where it could lead to. Yeah. You know, kind of like where you were at with the uh, videos of the sororities, you looked around IU, there's no one else really doing it. So what's the downside risk? It's yeah. not like we're competing with other people to get guests or anything. Like there's, there's really no downside. Worst case scenario, it just kind of fizzles out. But best case scenario, who knows? And, and, and what I love is that it was like you like you just said, it was, it was literally an idea that you guys were just talking and then just decided to take the plunge and do it. But like, see, if, if, if you would never tell me that, right? Like if you, if I would just never know that, that segment, and that's the reason I wanted to ask that is just sort of a kind of do a, a little bit of a comparison. Like if you would have never told me that, and then you just like, you showed me, I don't know, I looked at the podcast, you had three interviews and then you're about to do another one. And I would have been like, oh, whoa, these guys have been like strategizing this. And that's the beauty, that's the beauty of stepping into something and just sort of taking it as it goes is that in other people's eyes, if they're looking at you for the first time, like first impression, they're just going to think like, they're going to think you guys are legit. Like you guys can maybe use this podcast to do something else in the future because now you have like I don't know these experiences and you can talk about certain things because of a conversation and it might lead to something else or something bigger with this podcast or with something else but it was like I would never have thought that this was just like a whoa fuck it let's just try it from a conversation with a friend I would have thought like whoa these guys strategize the podcast like they're doing it because it's it's seen it's like it 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 has a great topic. It's very focused, you know, and I think that that should, I don't know, it should encourage more people to sort of like take that plunge and not have it to be like, oh, well, what's my like six step process to like becoming successful, you know? Yeah. And, and so one thing for me that, that really helped push this was probably, I want to say it was like the beginning of February. I took a day off of work and I went and shadowed my uncle. He's a big real estate guy. And he kept saying to me, he's like, how can you monetize your network? And mm -hmm. that just kind of like stayed in my head. And always in the back of my mind, I thought I'd be good at doing a podcast or I wanted to have a podcast. We're not Joe Rogan. We're not the PMT and Barstool from Pardon My Take. Like we're, we're not there yet. We might never get there. We might may, who knows? Mm -hmm. But like anyone could put out a podcast. And when I was thinking about monetizing my network, I was like, I know so many guys from college, especially in API and outside of API that have like are young and have gone on to have amazing careers. You're traveling the world right now, filming your own content freelance. We got Garrett Greller who came on, who started his own hemp and CBD company. We got a great list of guests that we have coming on now. And it's just, it was one of those things I was like, we have nothing to lose and we have so much to gain. And I wanted to have a piece of work 
outside of like what we do professionally that we could just like go to and, and it's fun we're we're texting each other at odd hours during the night with with different ideas we're yeah. all working on it we're like thinking of ways to improve and it, it just like it feels good to be doing something that that i like that's not my typical day job no i think and that's honestly like i think that's what would help a lot of people like re-emphasizing that message of doing something that is, that is of interest, like a, your interest that you don't, you might, it doesn't have to be the idea, but it's just an interest because once you start doing it, you get, I mean, I feel, I feel, I truly believe everybody's creative. Like everybody actually can be creative. They just, they just don't realize the potential because you're stuck in a routine. When you're stuck in a routine, you look for convenience. And that's what a lot of jobs, a lot of corporate things, like they give you that. They give you a routine and they give you convenience. And then you and look money that just and the money. And, yeah. and and you look for and security. But whatever. Aside from that, you look for little gaps that give you entertainment. Whether that is Netflix, whether that is going out, whether whatever it is for you, you look for that because you're in that routine and those your those are your what I call like your mini escapes. And so when you go into an interest, like you guys, for example, doing this podcast and like thinking of ideas, being creative, whatever you guys are thinking of, at the exact same time that you guys are like maybe just thinking of being creative, like it could be one day where you guys are like nothing, nothing comes, nothing comes, no, no better idea. You guys are just keep doing the same thing, same thing. And then you take one day off, but you guys have like subconsciously been trying to be innovative. And then it takes like, I don't know, you're out eating ice cream, whatever it may be. And then all of a sudden an idea pops up, but that's because like it, what you don't see is that like you were, tr you're, you're attracting that sort of like energy. You're attracting being innovative. You're attracting doing things different. You're attracting just idea ideation in general to just like, be, I don't know, come out of you. And so I think like, that's like so important when, when people think of like, well, how do I start? And what do I start? Don't, don't think of how just like align your interests and then just be like, how do people make money doing this? Or like, where do people make money doing this? Yeah. Podcasts are one way, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and you gotta try. I, I was reading that book, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Really good yeah. book if anyone's not read it. But the author talks about how he's like, if you're taking a math test and you look at a question and you don't know the answer and you're like, how am I gonna solve this? Like staring at it is not gonna do anything. You gotta start writing it out. You gotta start trying to solve it. and I think that's just like what we're saying is you just got to put it out there. You got to try because if you don't try, you'll never know. And then you're just going to get stuck doing something you don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And at a certain point, too, you got to just put the wheels in motion and do it. Because, I mean, we didn't really sit on the idea for a whole lot of time. It was honestly. about a week. Yeah, it was really a week. But the whole time we were like, we're going to do this. And then we started doing it. And then as soon as like the momentum started building up from it, like that was when the creative energy like started flowing. You know, it's like. Yeah. working working a nine to five i go to bed at 11 i go to i wake up at eight whereas now like sometimes i'll just be wide awake at midnight and i'm just like thinking of stuff yeah and, like, that energy was something that i never i didn't had in a long time so it's just fun to be able to have kind of something that gives you that like push to to do something yeah you like, really you're, your you're, like stoked. you're just like a little bit more stoked on life and then like eventually just better to live off of that energy like I, i've always had this whole thing is like good vibes and high fives like it's 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 almost impossible to always have it but at least like you you i don't know you strive to have it you strive to be in that sort of like state of mind you know a good like energetic pumped up like 
you're excited about something sort of like when you were eight years old, 10 years old, and you were stoked about your soccer tournament because you were trying to be champions and that, you know, you were dreaming and you couldn't sleep at night. Like we still have that as adults. Like it doesn't go away. You just have to reprogram your mind and sort of like align it with your interests. hundred percent. Have you done a lot of reading on the subject or is this kind of just stuff that you've thought through and kind of experienced on your own? No, man, I've done, I, I've done a lot of reading. I think like self-development and all the sort of that sort of stuff. Like I, I remember when I was, dude, when I was doing a pie dishwashing, right? Like, I don't know if you guys remember that. Like I did I, it for a day. I, I did it for a day. I was, like, for me. Yeah, I was uh, washing all of your guys' dishes. I was watching every girl you guys would hook up with at late <laughs> and just like said goodbye to my eating breakfast. But when I was doing that, like I was, um, I was earning money to pay for this, like, motivational speaker his name's like eric thomas he had this like whole membership thing and oh, like, I know. Yeah, I know. yeah and so i was i was utilizing that class to go there because i was just like oh man these guys must like if if whatever they're saying are so hyped up like gets me so hyped up like they must know something so like i was paying for those services so reading those books and then i obviously took on books as well like subtle art of giving a fuck i read a new earth which recently which was very 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 good for me um, learning more about like ego and things like that. And then, um, yeah, a, a bunch of other books that I could recommend. But I think like as of recent, it has been like a new earth that really, really sort of like helped me as more of like an interpersonal thing about like, like I don't know how to look at ego, how to control yourself and, and your emotions and all that to get the best of you and, and things like that. But I've definitely done reading to help me, uh, I, I don't know, get to a point where I can uh, get excited about learning about myself. And then Aside from reading School of Greatness by Lewis House has been a great podcast. Um, really um, good podcast. Yeah. Uh, obviously, How I Built This by Guy Raz. I've done. Um, I've obviously looked at Gary Vee for a little bit. There's a. There's definitely a few um, like film entrepreneur in the indie film hustle. Like there's a few podcasts like those that I just tune into to sort of like get a little bit of ideas. And that's the beauty about podcasts is you sort of could choose your 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 actual episode that you want to do and and also like um i i study anyone like just recently right now like with my girlfriend and we just watched this whole uh interview about tezza which is like forbes 30 under 30 um she got put on the list she's like a social media influencer and came out with an app sort of similar to visco and came out with some sunshades i don't know she's like a very entrepreneurial woman um and i just listen to a podcast about her and her start and how she did things. And so I definitely like, I don't know, hear these things. And, and, and the funny thing is you, you have the same mentality, like people, you know, sort of give the same advice, but in their own way, which is sort of, I don't know, refreshing in a way. Um, something that you, uh, you talked about was like, you were, you were paying for like, kind of like a class with Eric Thomas. And I've seen a lot of his, his content before. And I want to say I actually ended up taking a class with this guy and I re honestly found him totally by mistake. I actually knew him. I met him when I was in Thailand uh -huh. and he ended up, you know, coaching me and, and I didn't reach out to him looking to get coached. And I didn't even know he did coaching. He just offered it and he was like, first class is free. And then after that, we worked out a deal. And I will be honest, like to, to people that are looking to like make changes in their life, you know you got to look out for scams and you know, some people are full of shit, but it definitely changed the way I was thinking and it opened up my creative thinking. And I, I definitely think it could be really useful and like, fuck whatever your friends say, Oh, that's like, that's stupid. That's just a waste of money. Like it's just a scam. Like 
in my case, it, it wasn't, and it, it did have a profound impact on me. And like, I admire the fact that you were you were washing dishes in our fraternity while you were trying to better yourself to make a couple make some money to better yourself. Yeah, man. Self. I, I did it for maybe like two hours, and I was like, "This is gross. I'm not. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not I'm not kidding. I think it was two hours." <laughs> yeah, man. I was like, I was like a, a little bit too addicted when I was. Try, I was just trying to find myself. I was just like, whatever, what I was gonna work for me to try to like, just I don't know, like know myself more. I was down to do it, but I definitely agree. Like the whole mentorship thing, like that does work. And like, if you're gonna spend like a hundred bucks at on a weekend out with friends, like that's a bunch of books you could buy. And like, it, it's it's obviously a mentality to want to do it. And it's dude, it's a hustle, man. Like. You, out here, like right now, for example, like you literally could look on Instagram and the stories and stuff like that. And you'd be like, man, like how dope would it be to be in a resort, like four seasons creating content right now? Like we've been up since like seven in the morning and until now, like six, like 6 p.m. It was literally full on nonstop, like creating content, thinking of ideas, all this sort of stuff. Like it's not this like you're just relaxing and this sort of stuff. And so the life that you get put on once you maybe see a little bit of success, I think comes with more work. And if you're if you're lazy, if you're not disciplined, if you're not actually in it, you know, you're just going to fizzle out like any, like anything. So I think when people align their interests, it's so important to really look at the business side. Like even right now for me, one of the things I'm so focused on, which is what I always like, I think like people asking me for how do I start my business? How do I go freelance? And that sort of jazz with me. Like I always tell them like, look, I guarantee you there's going to be a bunch of ways that you can research and they're going to be like, you can make money X, Y, Z, and you can jot those down and maybe tackle some, but everything like any business like this doesn't, this does it obviously exist for years now is like, you have to have something that's sustainable. And so otherwise like bumpy things, bumpy roads, I don't know, whatever causes people to give up. And one of the things I'm considering now is like, yeah, like, I won't lie. The in terms of like projection of like my career, f both financially and everything, it's going on, on an upward scale, right? And even now that I'm freelance and I'm enjoying it and I'm loving it, but at the same time, I could break my leg tomorrow and everything I use to make money is gone, right? Like something like the pandemic, which definitely had a hard hit on me for a few months, um, like four months, I had four to five months, I'd say like, I was just not getting work. And it's sort of really reprogrammed my mind to sort of looking at these e-commerce world. And like you talking Ari about this, like mentorship is like, I'm currently working on building a course to teach people to do what I do. And it's an investment of time. It's a truly investment of time, but it's something that is like more sustainable. And nowadays when people are looking to get into, if they're looking to get into the social media space, I always tell them like, go at it with a mindset of how could you utilize this, whatever, whatever skill you're trying to learn, whatever thing you're trying to do, how could you utilize this to then teach others? Because when you're in the service of others nowadays, like forget about it being just a dope thing to do. Like if people are in the service of others, like I'm passionately about improving, motivating people, like eventually, hopefully one day I get to just do motivational videos while I travel. That would be like my dream life, but I'm not there yet. I can't sustain that right, right now. But like I tell people, like, look at it and then be like, how could I, how could I teach this? Like once I learn it, but not, but this is, and this is where I feel people like just kill, like kill the whole momentum is like, they're like, okay, once I'm, I'm, I'm making an example, like just for shits and giggles, but like 
Once I'm a New York Times bestseller, I'll really reveal my secrets. Like once I'm a, you know, like XYZ, like a sort of like a role, like a credential, I'll share my secrets. And I'm like, dude, you know how many people I could teach right now to make better iPhone content, better just things that I could like do on my sleep. And you could have a thousand customers, like a thousand customers, 2000 customers with Facebook ads and stuff like that. And like, it could be a very, I don't know, interesting way for people to look into getting into business and like, or, and, and maybe realizing things or skills or interests that they have that they're like, whoa, I could teach this. Like you guys, I don't know, from your experience that you've had in the past couple of years, like now including podcasts, like teaching businesses why they should create a podcast and like, I don't know, having seminars about like, I don't know, just like obviously like now it comes into ideation, but I do think if people are starting to now wanting to get into social media space, one of the things that's hot and I think like, like practical advice is like, look at what you're doing and find a way to present it in a way that is going to help others. Like I was just talking to Jose and he, he came out with a sort of like a ticker to invest and stuff like that. And now he's doing pretty well for himself. And it sort of became a conversations between him and I. And I was telling him, I'm like, dude, what you know about financing, about investing, like don't just post a story about you succeeding, like educate people behind it. And then slowly but surely, you're going to get people to want to pay you for what you know. And right now, knowledge is such a valuable resource that is so, I don't know, it could reach so many people that I think it could be a very smart way for people to like make money being that they've done two years or whatever they've done. Like maybe you could teach something within that, you know? Yeah, I think kind of with your example, like you have this skill set that is valuable to a company that could use your video for promotional purposes. But at the end of the day, then they're the one reaping the maximum value of your mm-hmm. skill set. So they're essentially using you as a means to an end. Whereas I think if you kind of take it upon yourself then to educate others, then you're like the value that you have is kind of the means and the ends. Yeah. Because then you're the one getting all of the benefit from it. Yeah, exactly. But then you're others at the same exactly. time. At the same time. And it's so much more like it's and 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 obviously like man, I'm coming from, I'm, I'm looking at the business side too. And like, that's why, like I tell people, like, I know people are a lot of the times wanting to be a freelancer, want to do this and they, they want to kill it. They want to crush it. They want to make the big bucks. And then I'm just like, well, is there something that you have? Is there something that you know that you could teach? Is there something that, and like people, th- a lot of people will say no. And I will say that's, that's a lie. Like you're just not looking far into it right like I, we talked about in this in, in in this podcast right now about like learning about yourself learning about like learn about your interests learn about what you know and what do you know that you could teach others i remember one time i was having a conversation with just a girl that was trying to slowly get into instagram and we were just talking about like how to do instagram stories better and it was like a conversation that i could probably like if i talked to people in the realm of what i do they'd be like no shit it'd be so obvious right and I talked to this, like it was, it was, it was me and my girlfriend were just talking, like literally just talking, like just a dinner, just talking. And this girl was like, wow, like I learned so much in this hour. You have no idea. Like, wow, I would pay for this information. And I had the same sort of like experience with a kid when he was like trying to go freelance and he just wanted to like pick my brain. And I just had an hour conversation with him. And he was like, dude, I literally would have paid for this phone call. Like this is such valuable information. And it sort of wakes me up. It sort of woke me up. Sorry. But like, I was like, man, like a lot, like if you look at your skill level, let's say like you're in an eight and you can teach people at like a, le- a like level three information of what you know, that you would probably think it's so like rudimentary and like insignificant. 
there's so much value in that. There's so much value in that. And what's the best part is that as you teach, as you're in the service of others, that feeling of like getting a message, like, dude, you've inspired me, dude, I, whatever is, I don't know. I think it's just like way better than chasing like a check, you know, or like money. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. Cause like, you don't like, like you said, like you always are trying to learn and you don't know everything. And like, I am by no means licensed at all or, or able to give advice on like legally on like stocks, but like, I got on Jim Cramer's Mad Money show. Like I just like called in and they put me on the show, put it yeah. on my Instagram story. And I had a few people who reached out to me and they're like, hey, could we like set up a time to call or for a call? And I would love to like kind of like learn about like you're like investing and like I'm just a, like a regular guy who like kind of taught it to myself and just like because I was interested in it. And I always I, I, did, I wasn't in Kelly. I didn't go to business school. So I yeah. taught it to myself and I started to get into it and I was watching the show. And people started to reach out. So like it, it is it is a very valuable point. Like if there's something you're passionate about, teach people about it. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Khan Academy videos, I don't know if you guys are familiar with those on YouTube. Yeah. It's this guy, I mean, he's obviously super smart, but he's just teaching these first grade math concepts and then they just kind of blossom. But this guy obviously knows so much, but he's done such a good job. Not with your chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And like he's been yeah. super helpful to so many different people. The guy's probably made so much money off of And he puts his videos up for free. Yeah. Well, I assume he probably makes money off the of ads at this point for well, me. I know, but, but like his concept was that he wasn't gonna charge people, he's just gonna put them up and they'd be so useful that people will go to his videos and then he could get advertising from that. Yeah. Yeah. No, so that's like, true. Social media though, I mean, like that's such a big thing these days for kids. Like these kids want to maximize their their likes and everything like that. If you have just some like rudimentary, even level information that can help them with that, I'm sure they'd be willing to pay for it. I'm, Dude, I'm sure you have no idea, man. I, I kid you not. Like the reason I want to build a course is because people like will say like, well, dude, how do you do what you do? And all this sort of question. And other people is like, how do you grow on Instagram? How are you doing this? Like, how are you doing that? And it's like, if it, like, I'll be straight up with you guys. Like, I have no fucking idea. I know like, I have no formula about like, I was like, oh, dude, if you do this, like you grow like 10,000 followers. I had no idea when I went into like, this has been probably like my biggest growth. I started the year with, I think, 30,000 followers. And now I'm like at around like 80. And you're, you're, you're 84. Uh, I looked earlier. Don't, don't doubt. <laughs> let's round, let, we we got to round down. We got to round down. <laughs> I mean, when I'm 85, I can round up. <laughs> and like, Dude, like, I, I, I kid you not, like, I have people asking me, like, even my own friends, like, bro, what have you done? And I'm just like, whatever I thought could be sick content, I posted, dude. And like now, yeah, sure. You want to make it into a marketing thing? I could post all these videos that have gone viral and be like, I could teach you how to go viral and just like give just the knowledge I have, right? Which it, to me was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then when you look back, you're like, and you analyze and observe, you're like, wait, I actually see a pattern here. Like I do this type of content. I also do this type of content. I do this type of stuff on my stories. I do this on this. I do this on this. Like maybe there's no set thing that is helping me grow, but it's maybe a combination and a culmination of all of these things. And I can just talk about that. And I just had no idea that that would be a value until I started talking about it to my coworkers, you know, that like, are in the same field, but haven't been growing. And that they're just like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, this is exactly what I do. And I would just tell them, right? Like just literally step by step, like, okay, well, 
I post stories, but I also do polls. And when I do polls, I sort of like real time react on that and sort of like that sort of stuff. I, I, I share a lot of screenshots and things like right now, literally one of the things that is like crazy is like, you can do so many, you can experiment in so many ways. And that could be a piece of advice that someone hasn't heard in that way. And it could change their life. It could change their way they're doing things, the way they think about things. And, and that's the beauty of inspiration. And so I think like, yeah, man, that whole, the whole act right now of like learning something and teaching it or teaching what you, what you know right now, not only is dope because you're, you're like literally helping other people, which is amazing. And in the internet age, you can do it in such a, in a great way. And I don't know, like help change the world. But like at the end of the day, it's, it's also just a great way for you to get better at what you do. Like me teaching what I'm wanting to teach now is helping me become a better filmmaker in general. So I think it's just like a whole 360 effect that can help a lot of people. So do you keep track then kind of of like what time of day you post stuff now? Um, earlier you said you kind of just posted a lot of stuff. Have you kind of become more refined in your approach or is it still just kind of push everything out, but then see what, what hits and what doesn't? No, I mean, I, at, in the beginning I was, I was testing. And so beginning I would post like, okay, like, I don't know, like when people are at dinner, that that's when I want to post. And then obviously Instagram, if you're in a business account, they give you insights. And so I was following the insights, but then at other times, man, like, I'll be honest, like, I just don't have the time. And I will say the moment I remember I went to Bali and I was with my friend, he's like a yoga instructor and he's not even on Instagram like that. Like he, he just teaches yoga, but he was like, yo, if you're coming with me, I was going to shoot a project with him. And it was like 14 days. And he was like, by the way, like, we're going to try to post a picture every single day. Like, let's just like do it because you don't post enough content. And I was showing him all these videos that I had like saved on my phone that just never posted on Instagram. And he's like, you're an idiot. Like, you're an idiot for not posting this. And I'm like, yeah, it's not good enough. And he's like, fuck that, dude. Like, it's not good enough for your filmmaker friends, but like, you need to post this sort of stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, it's old. Like, I'll post new stuff now. He's like, okay, well, then actually post, like, make it a habit. And so I did. And I just started posting and like the likes weren't good, man. Like I'll be straight up. Like I wasn't even looking at the likes because I was like, oh man, I'm gonna get anxiety. Like I'm a normal person, you know, like everyone wants to like have a good, a good post, a good performing post. So I was like, I'm not even gonna look at that. But I was just posting, posting, posting like every day. So that was like, I wasn't looking at the time, but just because I was posting, I don't know what it is, but like it just helped me reach more people. Like I was getting messages from like friends about like my life or like, Oh dude, good seeing you or whatever. Good to see how you're doing, whatever that I like never would talk. And I was like looking at my insights and I'm like, Oh, I'm reaching more people. I'm not necessarily getting more likes, but I'm reaching more people. And then after a while, like I I'm obviously like one of the things I, I met, I met a friend in Colombia and he, he told me something that I generally took to heart because I was like very against promoting my work, like promoting on Instagram, promoting posts. Right. So I was like, ah, oh, dude, like, why are you like fishing likes and all this sort of stuff? And I had that mentality and I swear, like, it's crazy because I had this mentality. And then I asked him cause he was like, he, he I made a video for him. Like I, a little drone video. And he's like, yo, he posted it. And then like five minutes later he put promote and he promoted it. Like, and I, I was watching his phone. Right. And I'm like, dude, you're promoting that post. Like why? And he's like, what do you mean? It's dope. And I'm like, so like, what, <laughs> like, why are you promoting it? And he's like, I live off of this. He's like, this is my business. Like Instagram, I, I, I genuinely make money off of this platform. And so I want more people to know that I create content and this is a way to promote my work. And he's like, 
it's he's like take it like any business they have to put marketing like a marketing budget behind them if they want to be seen by more people and that's sort of like flickered for me right and i still get people it'll be like no i don't promote because it ruins your engagement then instagram only wants you to pay for your post and i'm just like you don't know this like you don't you don't actually know like this is just a, like your like theory and which could be very valid however by me putting five dollars dude ten dollars like you got to be kidding me like that's nothing that's like going out for a freaking a bowl nowadays like for like fuck your acai bowl and put ten dollars on your post that is business related, not your like selfie with your dog. And then like, you'll get more people to view it and like put your interest behind people that you're trying to target. And all of a sudden, like I started doing that. And then like, I don't know, like nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened. I kept telling my friend like, dude, this doesn't work. It just gets you a few more likes. And he's like, you don't know who's watching, man. They just keep doing it. All of a sudden, this was when I was in Columbia and started doing it more often. And then one one post went like crazy, like viral, like just exploded with like $10 ads, like just went bonkers. And I'm like, whoa, what the hell? And then I started seeing that effect. And I'm like, then I started stop paying attention about when I'm posting and what I'm posting. And I literally backtracked and I looked at all my best videos, like my best videos this is when I was in Latin America in like February, March, like during the pandemic, actually March when it was like in the pandemic and I was with my friend and I was telling him about this, like, oh, I did this in Colombia, sharing this information. And I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take all my best videos and I'm just going to promote them at the same time. Like I must put, spend 50 bucks and promote my five best videos. And so I just promoted them with the same interests, like, uh, like targeting certain regions, like Latin America, USA, whatever. Dude, I grew like five, 6,000 followers with like 50 bucks. And these are targeted people that I could then like sell a product. Like if I had presets, if I had a courses, I could obviously all these people that went into my profile, I could have had a chance to sell them, you know, like I could have like spent 50 bucks to earn. I don't know if I'm selling a course at 400, you know, so then you start doing the math. And then I was just like this whole posting at the time or whatever, it's just irrelevant at this point. It's more like when I make content that I feel could put me in the eyes of people and then just show me as a different, like a differentiator, something unique, I'm going to put dollar behind it. Now I will say as of recent, like ever since I did that, I stopped because now I'm doing like a different tactic. I'm doing more of like an organic approach. I'm, I'm trying to like utilize the features in Instagram, like reels, but it's, I'm test, I'll test everything, you know, I'll test everything that comes out. Like you have right now a podcast, make a, make a, real about your podcast that is actually attractive. I don't know, like something like that, like post a part about your podcast and then like insert a meme. I don't know, like things like that, right? Like something that you think like could work and then just test it. And then I think that, that, that will get you off the mindset of like posting at a certain time and posting things. I have friends that will literally like delete a post if it doesn't perform a certain amount of likes in like 10 minutes, like, Oh, this is a bad post. I'm gonna delete it. And I'm like, dude, you're delusional. Like, that's that's crazy to me that you could like put so much emphasis on your performance of a post within 10 minutes, right? Like you have videos that go viral on YouTube three months later, a year later, like artists that don't blow up, they blow up for a song like months later and you're going to like delete a post because it doesn't perform well within 10 minutes span. And I think that's just, so that's crazy. So I stopped paying attention to that and I just sort of started testing. But when you do have good content that you want to be seen, like, I would promote it, man. Yeah, I, I just wrote down in my notes. I said legends podcast business Instagram question mark. So I'm definitely like you, like say that that 
that worked is, is good for us to know. And going back to like what you said earlier about, you know, you had all these, uh, you know, videos or photos and you were like, ah, the light's not really good. And you, you're, you're definitely a perfectionist when it comes to your work. You want your work to look a certain way. And for whatever reason, that certain post, you were like, the light doesn't look good. I'm not going to post it. And then your friend saw it. He's like, why the fuck are you not posting this? And mm-hmm. that's just another one of those things. Like you got to put yourself out there. It's like, if you want some, if you want everything to be perfect, you're never going to be happy. So you got to just like keep going with it. And I'm sure they look great. But for whatever reason, in your perfect mind, you were just like, this is bad. This is bad. Not posting it. But you just can't be scared. You you got to you got to put yourself out there and whatever it is that you do. Yeah. And like and also, dude, like think about it. Like if you position, if you think of yourself as like right now, for example, like Sam and Ari, like you guys have a podcast like on your Instagram account whoever's watching, like you put on your Instagram and you're stoked. Like, I kid you not. Like I have a video that is not even like 10% finished and I'll just like, I just want to get hyped. So I'll just put a phone, I'll start putting a hype music. uh, I don't know. And I'll just start like dancing to it. And I just like post it like stoked about this next video coming up. And I just started like promoting my video, like showing a couple, like, I don't know, snippets of it, like this sort of thing, this sort of thing. And then I post a video, like I create all this crazy hype, like that gets people to watch your stuff. Like it gets people intrigued. Like the whole like thing about like, I'm just going to post it and hope that people like take the time out of their day. Like people are eating a sandwich. They could give two fucks about what you post at 6 PM because it's the most optimal time to post your video. You know, like they could, they could be, I don't know, they could be in such a different thing. So like you post your video and it doesn't perform well. And they're like, ah, man, like I should rethink this. Nah, like believe in your stuff so like the next day be like have you guys seen the video like what did you guys think we talked about this thing at at five minutes did you would you rather do this would you rather do that and like who cares who responds who who like act like i don't know actively responds to your stuff at the end of the day the important thing is that like it appears online that you care about what you're doing and that sort of thing, a lot of people don't have. They don't care about what they're doing when it comes to their work. They are very like unattached emotionally to their work. So when you perform, when you show your face on Instagram, when you do, when you talk to the camera, when you're when you're doing that sort of stuff, like it, it, a lot of people say, like I don't know how to do. There's no way to do it right, dude. Everyone talks differently. Everyone's been raised differently. Like there's no actual formula of how to talk right in front of a camera. You just have to do it. And if you start doing it more more often, people just start thinking, like, oh wow, this person takes ser- takes it seriously. Like this person does this. Like this is actually what they do, man. Like they start they start boxing you in, but it actually works in your favor because you position yourself as an expert. And I think nowadays within social media, that's the only way that you can, like you said, Ari, your friend said, which is actually great advice. Like it's the only way you can monetize your network. You can't monetize your network if you don't position yourself as an expert and, the, and, and steps to position yourself as an expert is to get stoked about your work, like passionately express your work. Like, dude, literally who I remember when I used to get like a hundred views on like, my dance video and so when I was in college, bro, I would make like these stupid dance videos with like the biggest Snapchat logo, which now I'm like deathly embarrassed of, like in front of my post, like so people could screenshot and hopefully follow me on Snapchat. Like <laughs> I would post that video and now I look at it and I'm like, Jesus, that was so bad. But when I was posting it and I was getting like a hundred views, I remember just jumping in the stand, be like, let's go. Like 
being stoked on my Snapchat about my views, you know? And like, I think like it, it, it somehow helped. It has somehow helped people to think like this dude actually like legit cares about this. I think that's some of the best advice you've given over the interview. I mean, people <laughs> can see through others who don't believe in themselves. I think people kind of go away from insecurity, but if you kind of have a charisma about you and it's like, I believe in what I'm putting out, then other people are going to think, okay, well, you must be honest. Like, it's not, it's not really yeah. fake until you make it, but it sort of is. Cause if, if you just look like you know what you're doing, then people are going to assume that you do. And then if the content is right, then they're going to be like, oh, wow, this guy knows what he's doing and it's cool. Yeah. Whereas if you're like kind of, uh, I'm not sure about this. Maybe people will like it. People might, it might be good content, but if you don't believe in it, then people are just going to write it off. Exactly, dude. 100% agree. All right, Matthias, we're coming on an hour and a half. This has been a really good interview. Um, I just have one more question for you. Mm -hmm. um, you've been traveling around Latin America. We touched on Colombia and, uh, you know, being a digital nomad. When the pandemic is over, I, I do want to travel. I do want to live abroad. I, I would love to travel South America a little more. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm going back to Colombia, but what are some other spots in South America that are a great place to, to work and live for a little? Man, I think like if you're looking at a place to explore, like I think giving Bolivia a chance would be would be incredible. I think if you go around like January, February time, if you're trying to make a quick decision, um, I mean, you, you'll see some of the I don't know. Some I think the salt flats is something that is just absolutely yeah. beautiful. Um, it should be on everybody's bucket list. It won't disappoint you. It, it's right up there with anything you'd see in Bali, with anything you'd see in Europe. I kid you not. Like it's just an absolute, like, I don't know, just add it. You feel like you're in a dream world, um, literally. And uh, it's an experience you just, I think I would recommend to anybody, not just because it's my own country, but it's one of the best places I think on earth. And then if you're looking for places to live, I think like, South America, I definitely would say Colombia would be my number one choice at the moment, um, just because I think it's the most diverse place in terms of people coming in and like the most investment that's coming in to, to sort of like network with people that are sort of like looking to live there. I think my other suggestion would be Mexico. Uh, now that I have spent some time there, I think Mexico is a very pro progressive country in the sense that like I didn't expect them to be as a uh, well, as like a beautiful of a country to explore as like if you're a digital nomad, you'd have you'd have a I don't know, you'd have tons of places to see. But it's also a lot of people are going down there to sort of have that digital nomad lifestyle and not be somewhere like Bali, which I think is the hub right now for for anybody like ever, uh, so many people go to Bali and you could you could have a lot of fun in Mexico and, and Colombia. And so I would suggest those two places. And if anything, like um, one place I also want to try. Uh, just to see, I think I haven't checked it out myself is uh, like properly checked it out myself is this place, Costa Rica, where I'm at right now. Currently, I think um, it has a different vibe too. it has waterfalls, it has all these things, but it's like still you could, I don't know, then you can travel to Panama and things like that. So um, yeah, man, I think in my top in my top list as of now, in terms of giving people, I don't know, I always compare it, right? You have, you want to kind of have like that first world experience, me coming from the United States and a place that's sort of progressive in its sense. And so I think uh, Colombia is, is a great choice. Bolivia, I think Bolivia for traveling, you'd be very surprised if, with, with what you see there. And it's just like, I don't know, like a very like low key country in the sense, but you, you'd love it. And then um, Costa Rica is for sure something you check out. If you like that Hawaii vibe, that like tropical vibe, which is something I'm a big fan of, 
um costa rica is a vibe man like it's definitely it's a it's a cool country and the people are more than nice like i mean we've slept in a tent in the middle of a beach no problem at all like people are just actually that pura vida that what people say is it's true man people are nice out here matias i got one more question then i'll let you go um obviously you talked about wanting to kind of teach what you do but putting yourself in that filmmaker director mindset if you had an infinite budget and could go anywhere in the world what would be the video you'd want to shoot Oh man, if so, I've always, always, always wanted to make a video like a like a crazy commercial that just puts on my country, like Bolivia. That, that's always been like my dream. I think like I got a video, like the video of the Salt Flats went viral and it ended up getting picked up by Marriott and it got put on the terminals when it, COVID was like at its peak. And it was like, we will travel, we will soon travel again. And like, it was just like, that was the, I guess like a, almost like a snippet of what I wish I could do. Um, but if I, and if I had to choose another country that I just would probably want to explore, it'd be Portugal. And in Portugal, uh, I'd been there for a little bit in Lisbon and then they say it, I mean, I, I caught that vibe for a little bit, but they say it's like the SoCal of Europe. So Portugal, I think not only in Lisbon, but, um, which is a great place for digital nomads as well, by the way, but also just, I don't know, Madeira, which is an island there and things like that. It's, it's crazy beautiful. I don't know if many yeah. people about the little small towns surrounding Portugal. But yeah, if I had an infinite budget, I'd probably just like road trip around that country. Matias, thank you so much for for joining us. Really, truly an incredible guest. Uh, you motivated me. I'm ready to run through a brick wall right now. Okay, and thanks for giving us some insight. Um, have a safe trip, rest of your trip in Costa Rica and have a safe trip to Dubai. Keep putting that content out there. We will, uh, we will surely be watching. Yeah, I appreciate I appreciate you take, taking the time and uh, yeah, hopefully we could do this again. Maybe like a round two, refine it with with any questions like down the line, and then uh, just when, jump on the podcast. When uh, you're already invited back on, there, there's there's no question about that. Whenever you want to come on again, let us know and we we will make time for you. Hell hell yeah, bro! I appreciate you guys. Yeah, we appreciate you too. Thank you for coming on. Like Ari said, ready to run through a brick wall right now. Let's <laughs> go. Oh, that's the best. Same. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, safe travels. Thanks man.